how did my hair hold up the customs and immigration line at the airport? Great question. I'd love to tell you, especially because the answer is so telling as to how embracing your physical appearance will not only have a life-changing impact on your relationships, but it will also change your life for the better. And yeah, my big blonde curly do is big enough to have its own zip code, but why in the world would a customs officer have so many questions about my hair? I mean, there's nothing in there. Maybe some bobby pins and the odd leaf. Just a few snacks. <clears throat> her hair is curly, her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. If you've never seen me or met me, it's still likely you've met my hair. It's big, it's boingy, it's blonde, and the curls spring out in every direction. I joke that my hair isn't even a style, it's a landmark, but that might actually be a fact. Seriously, true story. You know Chris Hatfield? Colonel Chris Hadfield, the astronaut Chris Hadfield. Yes, that one. Thank you. So the first time we meet, I say, did you see my hair from space? And he says, oh, that's what that was. And he said that without even missing a beat. But yes, I think you get the point. But I think you're also wondering, uh... Why is someone who is trying to get you away from getting entrenched in beauty talking to you about hair? Specifically, I mean, I'm about to tell you about how my curls held up the customs and immigration line at the airport and what this taught me and why it's important for me to share this with you, especially because the answer is it's going to change your life, but you can wait for that. But why all this physical appearance stuff from the person who is so anti-physical appearance stuff? I'm not anti-physical appearance stuff. I'm anti-creating a physical appearance that pleases this social construct that is so fake that people don't even know what is real anymore. I am very pro embracing your physical appearance, your physical beauty, because that isn't shallow. That is important to your mental health. That is a part of it. And you can quite possibly be the worst judge of your own beauty. I have a feeling you don't even know what you look like anymore. Look, last week, we were just talking about these filters, right? And videos and how people just post everything with filters now. What's real? What's fake? Who even knows anymore? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try this little experiment. And I make a video and I put together this video with five images of me. Four of them are filtered. One of them is not filtered. And when I say filtered, I mean, I am changing my eye color, my lip shape, my nose shape. I'm changing my facial structure, my skin texture, all of this is changing in each of these images. And I put them up online and I say, which one is the real me? And I am, I, 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 am, I am astounded by how few people knew which one was really me. First, I'm astounded by the fact that I thought these looked very, very different. And I thought that the unfiltered image of me was just 
not good next to all of these other ones. It didn't have the same, the same sort of whatever quality it is that we have been so conditioned to look for online. And that shows already I don't even know what I'm looking at in the mirror. But then the fact that so many people looked at this and they saw it amongst five images and they couldn't even guess which one was real. And when I say they, I am including my mother in that. The person who gave birth to me, the person who brought me into this world, the person who has seen me at my worst, doesn't even know what I really look like. When your own mother can't recognize you, can you even recognize yourself? That's a very existential question, and I don't feel like answering it right now because that might take us down a whole different road, and I am sitting on a bed, and I think for something like that, I would need to be lying down on a couch. But let's get to that story. Let's get to that story about how my hair held up customs and immigration. And oh my goodness, I have never sounded so serious in my life. Okay, so the story. My day starts in San Diego, and I get a pit stop in Denver. Two plane rides later, it's now time to go through customs. Needless to say, after such a long, dry day, my hair was very jet-lagged. So I walk towards this stern-faced customs and immigration officer, and so the officer, you know, typical, as usual, where are you coming from? And I say, San Diego, via Denver. And the officer says, what were you doing in San Diego? I was vacationing. What's the value of goods you're bringing back with you? And I say, because I think I'm very funny, $100 American, so about $1,000 Canadian. Get it? Get it? Yeah, she didn't either. It was just crickets. So she's even more stern faced now. My attempt at humor may not have been the smartest, and I brace for what she says next. And then the officer asks, And what is your secret to your perfect curls? What? Yeah. She seriously asked me, What's the secret to your perfect curls? And I know. Hard to believe she'd mention my curls considering how jet-lagged my hair was. It wasn't really looking at its best. But then the officer proceeds to have an extensive conversation with me about my hair care regime. And she made sure to get my website information so she could learn more. And unless she is some sort of super stellar reconnaissance information uh getter. Yes, I like using technical terms on this podcast. Then I don't know why she would have asked me for that information. But given the amount of time I spent talking to her, people in line must have thought I was hiding contraband in my hair or something. But to me, in a way, this wasn't that's surprising. I mean, yeah, it's surprising that a customs officer is asking me about my hair care regime. But if I go a day without a stranger saying something about my hair, either it's because I've straightened it or because I haven't left my house at all. And I know that hair can seem like a very superficial thing, but it's actually 
It's something that goes skin deep. So growing up, I wanted to fit in. I'd brush my hair. I'd iron it. I would seriously put my head over an ironing board and ask my mother to take an iron and put that hot thing of, I was going to say metal, but I might as well say iron, over my hair to scorch it to the point where it would go straight until a drop of water or sweat would hit it and then it would be But I did whatever I could so that I could fit in. But the more I tried to look the same, the more different I became, different from others and more importantly, different from who I was meant to be. And it wasn't until much later in life that I finally started to work with my hair instead of against it. I mean, I didn't know these spirals and corkscrews existed in that frizz bomb, that target that made people point and laugh. And probably the person who was pointing the most was me (laughs) because I was fixated on how I just wasn't like everybody else. But I never figured out who I was in that process. And it's incredible how my personality stirred and became quirkier and more, I guess, corkscrew-er as well as I started to embrace who I was. Your hair is a part of you. So to say it's superficial is to say your personality is superficial because that's a part of you too. If you care about expressing your true self, then it's very crucial to your self-awareness and your development to accept who that person is. You know, there's this exercise in acting and I was in theater. And when you take theater in university, you can pronounce it very pretentiously just like that. But there's this exercise from a man named Chekhov. And so Chekhov would say that in order to get the emotion correct, you needed to use a physical gesture. So if you put your hand up into the air, you're going to say something differently with that physical gesture than were you to keep your hand by your side. And so he spoke about the importance of your physical body when you are trying to express your emotional self. And I studied this. I paid to study this in university. And I still never really understood it until I got older and probably would have learned it without paying all of that money in university for theater education. But I digress, taking us back to this whole idea of looking at how your physical And accepting who your physical person is can change your relationships with people, your relationship with yourself. And really, ultimately, you want to make this world a better place. You want to make people feel more comfortable around you because I don't think people feel very comfortable around themselves. And you can really give them a respite. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm really shy. 
I'm really shy in person if I'm not on, if I'm not performing. And the other day, my friend says to me, every time we meet a stranger or we meet up with whomever, you talk and talk and talk. How can you not be shy? And I said, well, because when I'm in that situation and when I meet up with somebody else, I'm thinking how uncomfortable I feel. And I would not want somebody to feel as uncomfortable as I do. So I do my best to make people around me feel comfortable and not feel any sort of extra anxiety or any sort of burden. And if that means talking a lot, then that means talking a lot and sometimes maybe too much. But we'll leave that conversation for another day. What? I just left a conversation? No, I'm going to continue. Just talk about something else. Back to that whole idea of embracing whom you are. So from all of these strangers' comments I've received, from these conversations, can you imagine? I have met people. I've had conversations with people whom I never would have met had it not been for my curls. And that, to me, is... It's a, it's a, it's a blessing. It's something extraordinary to be able to have conversations with someone else from another walk of life, to learn about them, to have somebody approach you with their personal feelings, reveal something personal about themselves to you, or have somebody approach you and say something kind to you because of your hair. And when I say that, I'm pointing out specifically, it's not because of the compliments I received on my hair. What I found really, and what I find, what I continue to find really, really beautiful about all of this is how quite often somebody will reveal their insecurities to me about their hair or something in their life because they feel as though, wow, look at this person who is being so confident in her hair and so confident in who she is when I'm trying to cover this up or change this or change that. And it doesn't mean that I'm happy and confident in everything about me. It means I'm trying to be. It means I'm working on that. I'm not a before. I'm not an after. I am a work in progress and I am progressing. And if I can help other people progress, then fantastic. That is what makes me so much happier. And an innocent, wow, I love your hair. Do you know how often that leads to conversations of trying to fit in? Conversations about feelings of inadequacy, self-worth, and more. And those confessions come from both sides of the conversation. And those confessions come from strangers. It comes from strangers. In a world so preoccupied with beauty, it's interesting how we so often avoid talking about how it affects us, damages us, and how we can recover. And recovery comes from discovery. That's why we need to talk about these things. And I regularly have these conversations with men, with women, with children, because of something they say about my hair. Something that you would think is so superficial has gotten to the core of so many 
interesting topics and subjects and emotions and feelings with people I don't even know. So I've told you before how I was offered that major network TV gig if I straightened my hair. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that. And they told me, well, no one's going to take you seriously if you have curly hair. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to how many degrees the weather is going to be tomorrow if I have curly hair. Okay, sure. That's not the point here. The point is, it is remarkable to me how I'm recognized when I go out in public because of my hair. And how people will share these most serious conversations about their most personal feelings with a stranger because of my hair. And that's just the strangers who have taken me seriously. I'm not even talking about my guests that I've had on my show, you know, like Nobel Peace Prize winners, Academy Award winners, survivors of abuse, prisoners of war. But okay, I can't tell you the number of degrees it's going to be tomorrow because of my hair and the shape of it, how it comes out of my scalp. This is the most ridiculous thing, and this points to so much of how the world is presented to you and how somebody else is making these choices for you. They're making these choices for you of the type of person you want to see on TV, of the type of person you should be taking seriously, of the type of person you should be. They make these decisions for you without you realizing it. Then you look at a video with five different images of, let's say, me on it, and one of them is real, four of them are fake, and you don't even know what's real or fake anymore because you are presented with so much fakery that I feel like we live in the matrix. Also, why in the world does everything have to be so boringly serious? It is possible to be fun and serious at the same time. It's just unfortunate that you can't take these words seriously from me because I have curly hair. Look, what I'm trying to say is people open up to me, not because they see I have curly hair, but they see I'm myself, curly hair, frizz, and all. And when you are yourself, people feel like they can be themselves around you. But the biggest takeaway here should be clear. You never want to be behind me in an airport line because your wait will inevitably be much, much longer. Sorry about that. Be confident, though. Confidence can actually make a bad hair day look like a good hair day. Confidence can make any sort of bad-looking day look so much better than it is. So thank you for dropping by the Neighboralia. And thank you for continuing to join in on these secret episodes of the podcast before we even launch. And thank you for taking someone with curly hair so seriously. And if you're not taking me so seriously, well then, thank you even more. So until next time, you can find me on Instagram 
Or if you're in space, just look for my hair like Chris Hadfield did. But come on over at Dahlia Kurtz. Say hi, say help, say whatever you need. Now, why don't you just go on? Go on, my little blueberry muffin. Go live and help live. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Neighboralia.